Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing today? Thank you for joining. So today's episode is our 45th episode. So we're getting close to 50. Uh, you know, we'll see how many more episodes I have in me. I don't know. So <laughs> today's episode is called psychology and it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because actually, um, I had trouble identifying what to talk about today because the reality is, is that things haven't been going so well. The summer slowdown, really all the stuff I had to do last week. Yeah, I've done all that. Um, but it just doesn't seem to be working. It just, it's so today's episode is called psychology. And the reason why is that you, you need a psychologist to get through, <laughs> through summer slowdown. It is, it is brutal. I don't know if everybody else is having the same issues I am, but I just, I have sold in an entire weekend what I normally would sell in a weekday. Uh, normally weekends for me have been very, very busy. So, um, when you sell clothes, a lot of times people who buy clothing, they buy it during the day, in the evening, on the weekends, um, really largely because some of them are employed, some of them are not employed, some of them are looking for those deals. And so they, they're a little bit more attuned to that. But when you're selling in the collectibles market, you know, these people, generally speaking, are you know older and they have more money, disposable income, and so um, they're not necessarily buying at the same times that uh, closed buyers buy. So anyway, it's been a super slow this weekend. Um, I normally come in on a Sunday and and spend my time shipping, and then I record an episode, and then I basically go to the post office and then go home and kind of enjoy the rest of my weekend. This weekend different. Uh, this weekend, I don't have enough shipping to even bother. I will ship after this episode, after I record, but, but I don't need to, I don't, I'm not going to come into Monday morning to have this massive backflow of, um, of items to ship out. Um, because they're just not that many. And it's, it's, uh, to be honest with you, very disconcerting. Now I will say there are some positive things going on as well, though. It isn't all bad. Um, I have um, started to separate out some of the things that I normally don't sell a lot of, women's clothing and kids' clothing, and I'm bunching them together and sending it to ThreadUp. Now, if you don't know what ThreadUp is, ThreadUp is basically they give you a bag and you fill the bag. Now, I've had – I have – 400 items to send them. So, um, I'm going to need more than one bag, but, um, and as long as the bag's under 30 pounds, they, they'll take it. And then, um, basically, uh, you ship it into them and then they, they cut you a check. And I think it's, it's almost like an online consignment shop where they just basically sell stuff and then they give you a commission, uh, based upon the value of the item, uh, at the sale. So it's, you know, it's much less than you would get at eBay, but the, but the sell through rate is, you know, almost a hundred percent from what I understand. Now we're going to, we're going to, we're experimenting here. We're going to talk about it, uh, when I, when I get it, but I just need to, you know, reduce the amount of inventory that I'm going to have to move. And, and so I need to get rid of two rows of, of, uh, of boxes of, of bins that I have that, um, each have 30 in it. And, you know, I, I, uh, so that we're talking, we're talking maybe 48 bins I need to get rid of <laughs> of stuff just so I could fit it in my new location. So that being said, I do have, th- that's a good thing. So I know that I'm going to be able to get, um, pretty, uh, pretty good 
idea that I'm going to be able to get that all sold and that'll be an influx of capital small, but, uh, but it's stuff that's slow moving anyway. And then I'm going to, um, spend some time redoing my, uh, set my uh, listings on some of the older items that I haven't sold for a while that I know are good to just, you know, they were early in my career. And so they, the listings are pretty ugly. So that's the positive thing. So negative things though. Negative things is, is stuff is just not selling. My sell through rate is tanked. I've sold, uh, like I said, um, you know, probably a third less than I'm used to. And, you know, while I was in the clothing only market last year and I was listing a ton and we were also during the middle of a, uh, you know, of COVID, the reality is I didn't feel it as much. So my, you know, my sell through rate dipped to about eight, eight and a half percent, I think uh, at some point from 10. So it wasn't that drastic, but I, my inventory went up so much, but in the collectibles market, I definitely feel the slowdown. So now what I'm doing that obviously is I'm just trying to get my head around it and saying, what can I do in my business besides what I'm already doing? What can I do differently to be able to, uh, to increase sales? And just a recap, I'm running the promotions, I'm running the coupons, I'm running the sales, I'm sending out the uh, offers, I'm doing all of that. It's just not, nothing's coming to fruition, which is really unfortunate. So, so psychologically, what I do is I, is I just kind of let myself know that, you know, things are okay. There is a thing as a summer slowdown. Even the, uh, even my growth advisors told me that, you know, things slow down during the summer. So, uh, they just happen to happen to be more dramatic, uh, in the collectibles market. So it's been a little rough going, as you can imagine. So even people that have, that are well-seasoned, they, you know, they, they go through this all the time. So, so I, I just kind of keep on reminding myself to that and keep on pressing forward with the programs that I've said I'm doing, but the biggest one being, uh, listing more. So got tons of stuff to list. So I have no shortage of, of items to list. So I just need to get on it. And that's really where I'm going at. I'm growing at 2,500, uh, items a month. That's including all the sales I make. So as you can imagine, I have to list more than around 3000 to, to net 2,500. So that's, um, you know, that's a lot of listing and the key is just to keep my eye on the ball and keep on moving forward. Secondly, what I'm doing besides the thread up is, you know, I'm basically starting to consolidate some of my inventory stuff. That's, you know, since I've stopped selling clothes for a while or stopped listing clothes for a while, I can go back and, uh, consolidate them down into the, into the rows that I know I'm going to be able to take to Florida. And that's kind of keeping me kind of knowing that I'll see opportunities for me to change prices, improve photos, uh, update the listings and so on. And I know that'll create some traffic as well. So, um, so, you know, while I'm going to probably tank the rest of this month, cause we're talking, there's only three or four more days left in the, in uh, three days actually, uh, left in the month that, um, I know for a fact that going into next month, I'm going to really push forward. So now last year, I looked this time, it's going to get a little better. And then when we go into August, it's going to even get better. And then September, it's going to go back to normal. So I know that it's a short lived thing. Usually the slide starts in May I, and I didn't really recognize it. Uh, this year, um, largely because I just keep, didn't watch it and which is why my mistake, but I know next year, <laughs> next year I'll be, be planning. Now the key is, is that you still want to buy inventory that you want to list so that, uh, so that, you know, when times are slow like this, that you could just list more. So, um, I have some extraneous things that I need to do that make it a little bit 
harder for me to actually list more than I'm already listing. Um, but, uh, you know, all the things I've been saying and getting ready for the move. Um, but the reality is, is that the more I focus on this being kind of a normal blip during the year, that the easier for me to get through it is. Now, on the positive note, my profitability is much better than last year. Because of course, I uh, you know my inventory was more expensive. The shipping is more expensive. The fees are more expensive because my average sales cost was higher. My gross profit last year was about in the six, late sixties, like sixty seven, sixty eight percent. It's now about seventy five percent. And of course, my net profit, which is the most important thing, it was you know last year was negative because of course I was growing and I was putting everything back into it. And I've started to just stop stop doing that now. Now I put in a planned amount of growth um, and not just completely going off the rails, just acquiring and acquiring more stuff now. So my net profit this, uh, this month is in the thirties, like 33%. So that is the positive thing. And the the thing that helps me go now, mind you, um, I could throw all that money right back into the business, but I've already built in, in my net profit, uh, uh, spending money on new inventory. So, so that when I say it's net profit, that is strictly net profit. Unlike last year, which was a negative, uh, net profit. It was actually, it was a net loss because of, of, uh, all the purchasing I was, I needed to do to keep on going. I don't need to do that anymore because the. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. The uh, um, the cost of inventory is so much lower when you're in the uh, when you're in the collectibles market doing the volume, uh, focusing on the volume play. So good news, bad news. So now that you've heard what I have had to say, now I think you need to look kind of w- w- if you're going through the same problems and start to see what did what did it look like last year. Go th- go through and look at what you did last year. And if you didn't, if you weren't selling last year at this time, then of course you can't do that. But know the fact that, that there is something called the summer slowdown that people talk about a lot. And while there's things you can do to mitigate it, you're not going to eliminate it. At least I'm not able to eliminate it. Now I would imagine if you're in clothing and then you, you're selling, starting to sell a lot of bathing suits and, and, uh, swimming, swimwear and, uh, shorts and t-shirts and things like that. You know, maybe that's a little different for you. Um, and maybe, uh, you're going to have to then, you know, make sure that you replenish your inventory at the end of the season and then make sure you have enough for a winter season. Um, obviously though, in the collectibles market, there's no real seasonality. I know people don't buy different things necessarily, uh, during the summer or winter. So it's not, it, it may be seasonal in terms of purchasing, but it's not that they're moving to different products necessarily. Or if they have, they are. I don't know what they are now. I am doing a little bit of diversification in the coin area, and uh, certainly doing some in the other paper goods area, like Victorian trade cards and some tr- some trading cards. But I'm being very very selective on the trading cards because I'm not looking for to hit a home run on all these 
as you know, um, where I'm a farmer, not a, a hunter. And we've, we've gone through that before. And if you don't know what that is, just go, go through our old episodes and see what I mean by that. And I think you'll find that being a hunter is very, uh, very difficult life, uh, versus a farmer. I'm just looking for new goods to farm. So anyway, a lot of, a lot of more paper goods I'm looking at a lot of, uh, uh, you know, things in the coin market, uh, starting to look at comic books a little bit cause I really enjoy those and, uh, old other old paper goods, um, in the military space, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and while the seasonality, um, you, you really can't sell the seasonality like you can clothing. Uh, it, it just diversifies your portfolio of stuff you sell. Now, the reality is I'm still burning out, you know, my, the clothing inventory. So I'm, I am selling stuff, um, and I do have a lot of winter stuff that I acquired last year, um, that I'll be moving with me that hopefully will go out, um, this year towards the end of the year. So that'll help me. Um, but I would say this time next year, I will probably have so little clothing left. I'll probably just bulk it up and either sell it as a lot or just frankly, just redonate it to uh, where I got it from in the first place, which would be interesting because the stores will start to see retreads of stuff that, uh, that I tried to sell, but didn't, I don't see myself going back to clothing. Uh, buying more clothes, uh, you know, never say never, you know, I think, I think this time I would do a little differently. I think I would focus on smaller items that don't really vary in weight too much, like polos, for instance, if I were to stay in the clothing market, also, you've got to remember, you know, a big part of the reason why I moved out of clothing is the amount of time it took to list it. Um, you know, taking the photographs, doing the measurements and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, versus just sending, putting a bunch of things into a, uh, a duplex scanner and just scanning them or taking a quick photo of them in a little light booth and then, and then going directly into, uh, to the listing. Um, if I was to do clothing, I would probably maybe focus on, on things where I didn't have to take that very many measurements and I, polos are being one of those items. Now, uh, <laughs> That is, uh, they still do have high sell-through rates uh, comparison to other clothing throughout the year. And one of the things that's really nice is that it's very cyclical, so it's very predictable. But the reality is if you're not listing it constantly, and it is per item, I'm starting to see that, that I think the more items you list in a specific category, those items uh, in that category sell. Um, but um, the categories that you aren't actively listening listing into, um, and that, I don't have anything scientific tell you this, but I mean, my experience seems to be that my clothing sales go down because I'm not listing new clothing and my postcards and other, uh, paper goods are gone up because I add more. I've definitely seen the script flipped uh, when it looks at my numbers, uh, you know, ver paper goods versus clothing now. So if, anyway, just what I was saying is if I was to go back to clothing or if I were to add, keep adding clothing, I would just focus on polos and maybe shorts or polos and jeans or, but I wouldn't do the, you know, the, the, uh, dress shirts that I was normally doing or the, uh, or the, uh, you know, the fashion wear that I was doing before, because that's just, just too much space and, um, too much effort to list. It's three measurements versus two measurements. And so you're spending 33% less time measuring and, probably the same, uh, trying to locate, uh, blemishes and, uh, you know, and less time in the thrift store pulling them because it's usually in one section versus three sections. So you get the idea. You spend a hell of a lot of time, less time, uh, sourcing, listing and packaging and shipping the, if you focus on one little area. 
and I may do that. We'll just see how the how my collectibles market goes, and if it if it continues to go the way I think it's going to go, and when it has been going up until this month, uh, then I think the reality is is that I think I'll just move on. So I'm going to also run some pretty serious sales uh, in July, August, just to be able to liquidate inventory. Now I know that if I can get down to three rows, uh, three rows of of uh, 24 or 20, yeah, 24. Yeah, I think it's 24. Yeah. 24 in each row. Um, then I know that, um, I will be able to fit that in the truck. That I need to go, uh, to get in there and still have room for furniture and things like that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, uh, focusing on the, how much I need to move. Um, but the reality is, is that the less I move, the better it is for me. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to run some serious sales in July and August, uh, to kind of help that. And I, and I, when I say serious sales, I'm talking maybe 20 to 30% off and really, really just pushing it and just making sure that as long as they don't lose money, uh, or at least I, when I recoup my money that I've already spent on it, that, um, you know, so I'll have a hell of a lot less to bring and, uh, hopefully more sales. Cause I am getting definitely interests and, you know, people are, people are saying that they like something and then I send them offers. So I know the activity is there. My click, uh, my, uh, um, views are, are up compared to what they were, they were this time last year. Even my sales are up from where they were last year. They just are down from last month, <laughs> which, which is the disc, uh, disconcerting part. So psychology is, is that just to recoup what I was saying, um, you, you just or to reiterate what I was just said is that I, you need to then see what are the reasons why you're going there and why are things slowing down and know that it's part of a cycle and just, and so since it's part of a cycle, you know that that cycle is going to end and go into a new cycle. That's going to be better. So that's going to help your psychology. You need to do that as well. And I don't care what you sell that you need to do that. If you, if, if you uh, let this month get you down and I know a lot of people do get down in this time, uh, for reselling, you're going to quit and you don't want to quit because this, uh, this is the hardest part. And once you get through that, it's all gravy. So I know July and August are going to be not great, but better than June, May and June. And I know in September through like April, May of uh, middle of May next year, that it's going to be fantastic, like it has been pretty much for every year that I've been selling. Now, Terapeak, use Terapeak to see these cycles because that'll kind of help you. I think that that's one of the things that if you don't expect it to come and it just comes, and for some reason I just didn't ignore that it was coming this year. Uh, when you when you know it's coming and you see it in Terapeak and it's cyclical, then you I think that's going to kind of help you mentally, and so uh, you can get through this. Okay. So I've got a few questions that I've received, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase like I always do, uh, not really talking about any particular individual. Cause sometimes I get a couple of the same uh, type of question. Um, but I've gotten a lot about something called printables and it's not on eBay though. It's not cause I looked at if you could do this on eBay, but you can do it on Etsy. And what printables are is basically you're selling a, a form or a spreadsheet or something that kind of helps people, uh, in a particular area. So let's say, uh, you're doing a budgeting spreadsheet or a budgeting form, uh, that's a PDF and you could do it as a downloadable item. Um, you can't do this on eBay, at least not legally. There are ways around it, but, um, but people are doing this on Etsy. So, uh, so I have not tried it. Um, it looks and sounds interesting. 
I've, I've tried to find a few podcasts that talk about it. And, um, but essentially what happens is you, you design this thing and then you can make it as a downloadable file. And then you basically advertise the hell out of it. And then you sell it, you know, you know, for what, two, $3, $5, whatever. But the cost of it is just once. And then, and basically then they buy it and then they download it directly. Now, like I said, never done it. Sounds intriguing. Um, if it's something that I could do quickly and I'm going to try it and I'll let you know how it goes, but um, if it's something I could do quickly, um, then I'll, I'll do it and see how it turns out and see if, uh, if it's good, maybe you guys can try it as well. Or if you've tried it and you think it's great, why don't you send me an email and I'll take a look at it and certainly uh, critique it and kind of help you um, maybe see if you could increase the sell-through rate of that item. But um, very interesting, very interesting idea. Again, another way maybe that you can focus on on you know getting through the cycle versus actually trying new things and then basically taking the eye, uh, eye off the ball for what your main business is. So again, principles sounds like a decent idea. I'm going to try it. But the reality is, is that my main goal is to sell collectibles. And so your main goal should be to whatever you're selling. So if you want to go printables all the way, maybe that's great. So, but that's not an eBay thing. eBay requires a physical, a physical thing to be sold. And it doesn't mean you can't sell printables. Um, but they generally like something that's on a, uh, it could, it would have to be on a, uh, a flash drive or maybe a CD or something like that, because they really want you to sell a physical asset, which, you know, uh, information items are slightly different and it's out of my area. So I can't really talk too much about that anymore. And I've got a lot of questions about VAs this week. Um, virtual assistants actually are, are very good. I think, uh, like I've said in the past, uh, have a very good idea about what you want them to do and give them written instructions that are very, very explicit about what you want them to do and manage to that spec. But I would say as a general rule, just make sure that you're, you're very, very specific about what you want them to do. Okay. And I've got a lot of questions on my website. Uh, I, my website, uh, mctradingcompany.com is, is up and running. Uh, it is essentially just a skin of my eBay store. Uh, it, I would say it's working in the sense that I'm getting multiple sales per and it's going directly to eBay. So I can't really tell you necessarily how many are coming from the website because eBay doesn't track that for me, but I am telling you that I am seeing multiple sales, uh, per customer these days. And, and I do know that they do go to the website because I see traffic going to the website, but it just, you know, since it's, I'm using a plugin, an eBay plugin, it doesn't really tell me where the sale comes from. It all just goes to eBay. So can't really talk about that. So I, but I, in, in, you know, intuitively I'm saying it's working. Certainly I'm paying $10 a month for it. So to me, you know, it, uh, it's definitely worth the experiment, but, um, I would say try it, but it's, it's going well for me. So thanks for asking. And lastly, I've got a couple questions about ink frog. Um, I would say I'm ink frog is really an inventory management platform. And when I make the transition to a new website, I'm going to be listing directly on that website. And so then of course I'll be able to give you a little bit more update about how that goes. But ink frog is the mechanism me mechanism I'm going to use to do it. Um, I don't really have a lot of experience other than that. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to do. Um, it does sync all the inventory, um, which is great. And it does, uh, you could actually manage your entire eBay account within Inkfrog. Um, and it seems to be good. I just don't, I'm not really using it to its full ex extent. I'm just basically, you know, kind of getting it in place and getting ready for mo moving to the new website. 
So I really can't give you too much information on that. Other than that, it's easy. It's relatively inexpensive. And uh, I don't think the listing module is, is particularly better than the eBay listing module. But, you know, eBay is coming up with some new enhancements to listing, which I tried and didn't like too much. I like the classic version. But if they force everybody to go to the new version, then we'll we'll give uh, Inkfrog a, another chance. Um, I, I don't. I, I to be honest with you, I, I wish I can give you a better answer. I just don't know as much about it because I'm just just starting to use it. Even though I've had it f- several months now, I, it's basically just a collection of all my inventory. I don't really spend too much time on it. Great. Okay. Well, that's all I got today. Listen, uh, you know. Touched a little bit on psychology, uh, and just to re- just to reiterate, um, you know, focus on what happened last year and see how you could change it, uh, change it up a little bit uh, in terms of different ways to do it. But if you if it happens every year, then you know it's not you, and it's happening to a lot of people, so you know it's not you. So that's the, that's the whole crux of this entire episode is just understand that it's just part of the the way of doing business on eBay. And don't let it get you down. All right. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, go to the website, you know, frequent our sponsors. And I will see you next week. Talk to you later. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.